Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Backchat, a quantum particle in a classical world, a stubborn crease in the smooth fabric of space-time. We're here to discuss the talk of the newsroom this month and anything else we want to get off our chests. I'm Kerry Smith and I'm delighted to have with me in the studio here in London, Davide Castelvecchi. Hello, I'm Davide and I write about physical sciences, uh, physics, mathematics, computer science and uh, stuff like that. I also have Lizzie Gibney. Hello Kerry, I write here in London about anything to do with physics. And Daniel Cressy joins us. I'm Daniel, and I'm here because they needed someone who wasn't a physicist. We do tend to talk about physics quite a lot on Backchat. November 2015 is Einstein month, if ever there was one, as it was 100 years ago in November 1915 that Albert Einstein put forward the equations for general relativity. It's a theory that has stood the test of time. We'll be thinking about whether there'll ever be another Einstein and whether any other theories have the predictive power of general relativity. As well as being Einstein-tastic, 2015 is also the International Year of Light and the International Year of Soils. Coming up on December the 5th, it's World Soil Day. Just a couple of days ago, it was World Television Day, November the 21st. Who gets to decide? What's the impact of these days? And more selfishly, are they useful for journalists? First then, to Einstein and the anniversary of general relativity. Davide, you've put together nature's special collection on general relativity, and why not just refresh our memories about what happened in 1915, 100 years ago? Yeah, so it was uh, the time when Einstein was in Berlin at the Prussian Academy of Sciences, and he was in a mad rush to complete the uh, equations for how gravity deforms space and time, and how space and time's deformation affects how planets and other things move, including light. It was the time when Einstein finally nailed down the right equations. He thought he had the right equations, and he presented four papers to to the Academy. There was still no no experimental proof of it, but that was a celebration. And indeed, in the first years after he put forward these equations, no one could really test anything. It was the First World War broke out in Europe. Um, But Lizzie, over the subsequent now 100 years, we've got pretty good at testing this theory, haven't we? We have indeed, yes. Um, And in fact, we were just chatting about it quite recently. Yeah, last week. So we've had a few different um, probes which have been a couple sent up into space. And we're now also looking for gravitational waves here on Earth, which are one of the implications that, that fall out of the theory of general relativity. Um, so it's a it's a pretty well-tested theory right now. Is it fun to report on these theories that just never kind of 
There's no chink in their armour? It is fun. A lot of the time, sometimes when you have really high precision tests, it's it's a lovely build up for a story um, and an entry to it. And then your conclusion is always, yep, yep, look, <laughs> he's passed that one again. Well done, Einstein. So, yeah, I think it would be it would be quite nice someday to actually find that, that chink in the armour. But um, who can fault Einstein? Well, it's all, and physics has its own variety of larger problems, doesn't it? This is perhaps rare in being a theory that stands up uh, so well to experimental tests, would you say? Um, well, I suppose, well, I think quantum mechanics generally makes even more precise predictions that have stood up. But both of them are pretty, pretty damn good theories, I would say. And what about... Um, the man himself who came up with these equations, did he do something that we should consider rare, unusual? I mean, he's, he's literally the world's best-known scientist. Whether he's the, the greatest physicist of his, in, in all of history, I don't know. Um, but he is certainly, um, he certainly deserves um, most of the credit that he's given. He didn't do it all by himself, contrary to popular lore. And in fact, um, this collection we have includes an article which is about to come out in in Nature magazine uh, about how um, it's about it's by two historians who went back and looked at Einstein's uh, notebooks, and not and Einstein actually annotated where he got some of some of his ideas and and some of the tweaks to his to his equations, and the picture that comes out is that. He was not really the you know the 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 lone scientist in an ivory tower. He was constantly um, interacting with other people and and getting a lot of feedback and a lot of, of of good ideas. But this is the problem with the difference between the public perception of all of these great scientists and the actual work that they do. Right? I mean, lots has been written about the public image of Einstein as the kind of elderly scientist with the crazy hair and all these memorable quotes. When actually he did huge amounts of his really important work when he was quite a lot younger. And people love to think of the lone genius sort of eccentric scientist like Doc Brown from Back to the Future kind of holed up somewhere writing equations on a chalkboard, but it never really happens like that. I think general relativity is amazing, and I'll say why in a minute. But also, I think you're right. The reason he's become such an icon is that Einstein was also an excellent communicator. Um, A bit like, you know, Stephen Hawking wrote A Brief History of Time, which is a fantastic book and very, very clear. And that helped solidify him as being one of the world's most famous scientists. Um, and Einstein, actually, so his his book, I can't remember, it's called On Relativity or something like that, which was explaining special relativity and then later general relativity, is actually a very, very good, clear book. I remember reading it before one of my university interviews. And I was just like, huh, look at this. I must be a genius because it all makes sense. Whereas actually, obviously, the genius is, uh, is in the chap who wrote it. But the thing that I think is fantastic about Einstein's theories is they were so stripped back. So he... There were, he said, you know, let, let's just consider that there are maybe these two things. Actually, the speed of light is this universal speed limit um, and that there is no single frame of reference that actually everything is relative. And in special relativity, that's what he did. He built up his whole theory just based on those two things. Um, and that's quite a brave thing to do as a scientist to just chuck everything else out the window and say, OK, yes, I know we think all of these things are true, but let's imagine they're not. 
and see where it takes us. Hawking's a great comparison as well, because he's another scientist who, like, to take nothing away from the amazing work that he's done, but he has this amazing public persona. You could ask anyone who knows nothing about science, like, who is Stephen Hawking? Or show them a picture, like, who is this? And they would know that immediately, because he has this inspiring story that everyone is fascinated by. It's not just about the science with these people. It's about their lives and their history. And The other thing they have in common is being quite broad in their scope. So Hawking's, Stephen Hawking obviously is a kind of cosmologist, but he will talk for good or ill about lots of other fields as well. Um, I'm thinking in particular of AI and he has some quite uh, definite opinions on. Um, but Einstein, Einstein did that later in his life, but actually also he... Um, because it was in actually it was 10 years before general relativity, wasn't it, when he came up with the, the photoelectric effect. He had a, a paper on the photoelectric effect, which was essentially one of, um, was the first to show that, uh, that, so, that about the existence of quanta, that, that, that you would have de- definitive packages of energy and that it wasn't just a continuous scale. Um, a paper on Brownian motion, and that was his first paper on special relativity. And this was just in like one year, so many different and really quite amazing theories to come out with. Um, so I think that's the other thing that we think of when we think of geniuses, and that they're people that also are have quite a broad scope in what they're able to apply their skills to. Yeah, and, and able to strip it back. It can, it's occurs to me that biologists now are perhaps a little bit too constrained by the evidence they have in front of them. And they have to, in order to prove something, they've got to prove it in their Petri dish or prove it in their ecological system and, and look at definite things that exist, which is obviously a messier world than um, now let's strip back and see what's happening with the fabric of space time. Yeah, but also, and Davide might know more about this, but Einstein was kind of lucky when he came along in that everyone already thought the old system had all these flaws in it. And Lizzie talks about there being no chinks in the armour at the moment for Einstein. So there's no scope for anyone to come along with a brilliant new theory that explains everything because you don't need one. Davide's looking very cynical. I'm not sure that uh, you don't need one now because uh, a lot of physicists would say that we are in a crisis and that we need a new Einstein, basically, or a a completely new way to to solve the the current problems. Um, And it's definitely true that at the time when in that, that that fabulous year of 1905 Einstein had some problems to solve there were some chinks in the armor of of uh, 18th uh, sorry 19th century physics what he did in 1915 however was completely as as Lizzie said going out on a limb and there was no reason for him to uh come up with the curvature of space time other than his thoughts and 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 coming up coming up with thought, uh, thought experiments and and coming up with uh, just pure ideas from first principles. There is I can think of one example from biology at least, um, which I suppose is Darwin, and there are some similarities in that he had to be socially brave to put that theory out. I think one of the differences you can argue with Darwin is that. If it, you can say with Einstein, if Einstein wasn't there, there's no guarantee that we'd have anything approaching what Einstein came up with. Whereas if Darwin wasn't there, we know that we would because Wallace came up with roughly the same idea. That's one of the big questions in like history and sociology of, of science, though, is would there have been, was there actually, just because we couldn't see it, was there an Einstein-shaped hole effectively in science that would have been filled by somebody at some point if, if he hadn't done it? Well, he had to publish the equations quickly because he had complex- Competition, right? To be fair, Einstein came up with the um, thought experiment about the elevator. 
And based on that, he said, okay, there should be a theory in which gravity is, is the, the curvature of space-time and, and light uh, doesn't go in straight lines and so on. And then the problem was to find the right equations that fit. So then Einstein went to talk to Hilbert and said, I have this problem. How can we find the right equations? Hilbert was probably, is fair to say, by far a better mathematician than Einstein, got to the equations a little bit faster but then very graciously uh, let Einstein publish first. Okay, so I guess the original idea did not have competition, but the, the mathematical side of it would have done. It's interesting to, to play fantasy science a little bit and, and to think what if um, you know, uh, Einstein had been, had been struck by uh, um, a tram in his early youth and, and uh, had never come up with general relativity. Eventually, our telescopes would have discovered uh, gravitational lensing. Eventually, we would have discovered incredibly concentrated lumps of mass that we would have thought, oh, maybe what is this if, um, if not a black hole? Personally, I believe that someone would have come up with the same equations that Einstein came up with. Einstein himself was famously not very happy with some of the predictions, the sort of, if you take them to their extremes, uh, some of the predictions that his own theory made. He really didn't like not only uh, the, the consequences of quantum mechanics, but also the consequences of general relativity. And in particular, he didn't like the idea of an expanding universe. He opposed the idea of a Big Bang at first, and he didn't like the idea of black holes. What he was famous for not liking about quantum mechanics is spooky action at a distance, which we actually, which is a great phrase that we use now in our articles because it's a good shorthand when you can just chuck that in. This is the idea that if you have uh, two particles that are entangled and that are very, very far away, when you do something to affect one, it instantaneously affects the other. And it's, that's an effect that would travel faster than the speed of light. And, and, and so this was an example of him trying to set up this thought experiment which showed how absurd uh, quantum mechanics actually is. Um, in the end, that has, yeah, this has become one of the very basics of quantum mechanics. That also reminds me of... Um, of Fred Hoyle and, and the Big Bang. So the, the concept of Big Bang has that name because um, Fred Hoyle famously thought, what, what a ridiculous idea, what the world started with a Big Bang, um, or the universe rather than the world, I should say. Uh, and, and it stuck. Everyone went, oh, yeah, actually, maybe, perhaps it did. Well, some of the geneticists have got themselves in trouble in this way. I forget how, how long ago it was, but there was, a, I think, a piece in Nature arguing that we should stop giving genes and using witty names because then if a doctor had to go and tell a patient, well, I'm sorry, you've got this terrible genetic disease and it's linked to the like, ha ha, he he, ho ho gene, it's, it's not great. Given that there's no chance of that with planets, I don't know why they don't give exoplanets much more fun names. When well, you say really that, when should. we get smashed by an asteroid called like... Doom face. Yeah, it won't be so funny then. But it would make it easier to write about in, as the asteroid imminently approaches. All right, well, now moving on to our second topic, international days, weeks, years, even decades. 2015 is the International Year of Light. It's also the International Year of Soils. Uh, have you guys found opportunities to write about these topics because of those slightly artificial pegs? I have. We wrote about light. Um, so near the beginning of the year, I think in February, we had a special on light and I had a feature. These things are a bit a bit silly, but I think journalistically they do make good pegs. And the thing is, with some topics, you just need some excuse to write about it. So a lot of amazing ideas in photonics. So you know, one of the people that I profiled um, 
in his work, he had t- had tied light into knots um, by giving it orbital angular momentum and and it was kind of a collaboration with a mathematician and it's just a crazy really cool idea um and it's very very hard to write about that without having a good excuse um so for for us this was an opportunity to say okay what what really interesting fascinating experiments that probably have maybe very little further implications and certainly not really many uses um but what's that what you know this is a good excuse to write about them even more the case with soils. This is a really stonkingly important topic that that really wouldn't get you know as much coverage as it perhaps has this year um, without an international year to peg it to. Um, international years of past include chemistry in 2011. Uh, one of our reporters said we hurried to make a special collection about that and uh, pretended that one of our features on graphene sort of something about the International Year of Chemistry, sort of drum up some page views. I think. <laughs> there is sometimes some shoehorning like that. But at the same time, so when we had we had a big meeting, um, including some of the people in the back half of the magazine, who, the actual editors of the research papers and all our comment sections and news and everyone, to discuss what are we going to do for this special on light. Actually, there were so many ideas because, well, light is one of those things which is... Um, everywhere in everything you know we could you could do it all on spectroscopy you could do it all on astronomy you you know we chose to try and take this very pure perspective and say doing interesting things with photonics but actually light is in so many different areas of science and so we had to be very careful to to strip it all away because every idea we came up with um indeed if you just flick through the magazine probably most of those stories you could make technically fit into a year of light special if you wanted um so yeah so sometimes you are trying to uh shoehorn things in but sometimes you've got an overabundance and at least with international year of light a it's a massively broad topic and it's also kind of a one-off it's not like one of these ones that's a really obscure subject that comes around every year and someone's trying to sell you a story about hey it's the like international day of mice with three legs like donate some money to my charity right and well actually that's an interesting point because there are the un approved official international days weeks years months etc of various things and then there you know you're very you're at liberty if you're a charity or a council or whatever organization to set up your own years and so maybe we're a little bit uh, deluged perhaps at this point yeah i think people certainly get fatigue of these things it's like every day there's a new day of something and it's just become a bit of a cliche i mean advertising agencies make these things up willy-nilly to try and flog whatever they're trying to flog this week whereas maybe we can give international year of light a pass because they had enough good stuff basically and i agree with the the worthiness of of talking about soil as well it probably isn't a very it's not particularly glamorous um so it's a, a good way of drumming up more interest there um but i like that so it was international so the un international year of soil but in the uk it was the national year of mud which i like because it's basically what do you get if you have soil in the uk where it rains a lot you get mud they've made it really nice and local exactly the un in fact uh, in complete contrast to many other bodies who might set up their own days, they have a very careful procedure that's observed um, for putting these days into action. And it's in fact no less than the UN General Assembly that votes on these things. So when they have their general meetings, they have like a hundred resolutions to pass uh, at once. And one of them might be, shall we have an international year of 
soil or light or mud or uh, how does the lobbying work do people pitch it do they yeah, i'd be interested to know how many years it takes the un to decide that they're going to have an international year or something so now we'd be pitching perhaps for uh, 2018 and onwards to be the international year of something and i believe what happens is that they all they receive submissions to their various um bodies and then someone like the Economic and Social Council within the UN would choose and then present that to the General Assembly so that they're not having to read thousands of emails. And some of the ones that sound flippant, in fact, turn out to be, you know, they managed to give them a serious face because it is the UN after all. So TV, the World Television Day, November the 21st, uh, that was a 1996 resolution um, all about the service that information can provide to sort of humanity, basically. Um, and this resolution resolution gives particular credit to Jeremy Kyle for doing such good work. Service of humanity. It does not. <laughs> <laughs> no one mentioned Jeremy Kyle, just FYI, in the resolution guidelines. Um, but there are, you know, they've thought about it quite carefully. Um, international years should be proclaimed, they say, only when celebrations of a shorter duration, a month, week or a day, will not suffice. Uh, what would you like to see, you, you know, if you could pitch for an international day, week, month or year, what would you, what would you like I was thinking um, an international year of time. Yeah, that'd be a bit mind-bending. You'd you'd bring in a bit of um, relativity into that. You know, time slowing and speeding up depending on how near you are to some very heavy object. But some of these international years aren't years, right? The international polar year was at least a year and a half. As was, I think, the year of planet Earth was actually three years. So there wasn't Mars years. Yeah, so if we have an international year of Jupiter, like how long is that? Yeah, we should get NASA on this. Maybe things need to be not just an international year of, but like a a solar system-wide year of. Universal year of. Yeah, I think that's a bit, that's probably a big claim, universal year of. There might be some some beings in Alpha Centauri who are really not sticking with that plan. Who are, well, yeah, their calendar's already full. <laughs> exactly. Well, whatever you whatever you um whatever you'd like to put in, uh, be aware that a majority of the UN General Assembly has to agree. So I don't know if that would be the case um, for time. Whether they think it's sort of culturally relevant enough. <laughs> what culture is time not relevant? Well, there are some um, Amazonian tribes that don't have any tenses. True. And there's always the British train network. (laughs) And maybe we should circle back to where we started with the great men of science and Hawking and Einstein. And we should just have an international year of the underdogs, all of the technicians that make sure these experiments actually work and the postdocs who slave away in the lab so the lab head can get his name into nature or science. Let's have an international year for those people. International year of the worker bee. Worker bees of the newsroom unite. Thank you for joining me on this November back chat. And uh, would, just before we go, would you give your Twitter handles, please, so people can get in touch with you through that medium if they like? Um, Davide. I'm D. Castelvecchi. Dan. I'm D.P. Cressy. And Lizzie. I'm at Lizzie Gibney. I'm at Minnie Kerry. Thank you for joining us. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.